When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. After a storming performance from Spurs midweek against Dortmund in the Champions League, it was back to Wembley we flocked, where we was brought firmly back down to earth with a 0-0 draw at home to Swansea. We discuss Saturday's draw and preview Barnsley in the Cup as we have the last word on Spurs. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. And still Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run! He scored! and welcome back to our brand new show where we have the last word on Spurs. You can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram too. Guys, you should also be able to hear us now on a variety of different audio platforms including Audio Boom, iTunes and Acast. So, on tonight's show guys, we'll be talking about the 0-0 against Swansea. We'll be taking your questions for our panel as always. We'll be talking about Pochettino's comments about cups and finally previewing Barnsley to come Tuesday evening. But before we talk all things Tottenham Hotspur tonight, let's introduce the panel talking us through the next hour. I'm pleased to say first up, we've got the voice of TalkSport, Mr Paul Hawksby joining us. Paul, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ricky. Not too bad. Good, good. I hope we could have spoken better events, Paul, but there's still enough for us to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, plenty to get stuck into. Indeed, indeed. And joining Paul tonight, I'm delighted to also say, making his debut, the creator of the Daily Hotspur, Jamie Brown joins us. Jamie, how are you? Oh, very well, thank you, Ricky. How are you? Yes, not bad, not bad at all, Jamie. And likewise, I hope we could have spoke about a win at the weekend. Yeah, but yeah, very mixed um, very mixed feelings to be a Spurs fan at the moment. Indeed. So. 
Indeed, and like I say, we'll try and cover those all off in the hour. And also, last but certainly not least, getting us through the next hour, Mr. Jason McGowan on the line. Jason, how are you? Not too bad, mate. Looking forward to going back to Wembley tomorrow. <laughs> Never too soon, Jason. Hey? Never too soon. <laughs> Three times in a week, it's lovely jubbling. I bet it is, I bet it is. Right, well firstly, let's go over to you Paul to start. Um, what was your assessment of the game on Saturday, that nil-nil against Swansea? Uh, just very frustrating, wasn't it, that we just couldn't find the goal. Um, we obviously knew how they were going to set up. I don't think uh, Poch would have started with Sonny at wing-back otherwise. He knew they weren't going to offer much. He knew he probably didn't need a defensively-minded wing-back. So he knew that they were going to put a lot of men behind the ball. But we still just couldn't find a way through. And I thought we, our build-up play was a bit ponderous. We did play into their hands. We gave them time to get back into position. And that was one of the big frustrations. that We always used to talk about White Lane on the narrow pitch, if you like. Mm. You know, when teams set up and they were very compact, we couldn't get past them. But, you know, we got the width at Wembley. That was a classic example of maybe we could have used the wing-backs. And I was a bit surprised that he didn't play the side that had done so well midweek with a couple of tweaks. I mean, I would have played Davis. Just if you've got a settled side and it's doing well. But again, we don't know. Maybe somebody's got a bit of a knock or someone's looked a bit leggy in training. You know, I think he's got enough credits in the bank to give him the benefit of the doubt. But on the face of it, I think he made a couple of odd decisions and uh, we lacked a bit of guile, really, to break them down. Yeah, we did indeed. And I mean, coming over to you, Jamie, I mean, we read a, a few questions in tonight, especially from Dave Ellis saying, is it right to give Pete, uh, Potts some grief over that selection? We've had Jonathan Nag- Nagy come in and say, how can a manager get it so right on yeah. Wednesday? And yeah. like I say, get it so bad on the Saturday. Is that how you see it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing that I would say about Potts is that um, he seems to find the winning formula like he did uh, against uh, Everton and then Dortmund, but then he goes and changes it straight away. Um that would be my one criticism of him. But, um, I mean, look, he's a, he's a fantastic manager and we're so lucky to have him. So, it's difficult to complain about him, really. But um, that would be my one criticism. That he likes to change his uh, a winning formula. Mm, interesting. A couple over to you, Jason. I mean, I described it as after Lord Mayor's show's performance. I mean, such a great performance against Dortmund. Didn't start the game particularly well, Jason, against Swansea. I mean, I think you was there. So, tell us how you saw it. Well, I think we just got... I think Pochettino probably got cluttered into the the, the fascination with the wing-back system that, that everyone likes and that, that most of us think suits our style of play best. And then trying to pigeonhole Ali, Son and Eriksson into that side. And you, you can't possibly pigeonhole all three of them and have the wing-backs in the side. You just can't do it. And so, you know, Son being played as a left wing-back kind of pigeonholes him into it, doesn't it? And, and you've got a square peg in a round hole. You haven't then got Son necessarily in the part of the pitch you want him in, but you've kept the, the wing-back system and got all three of them into the team, but it rarely works. And, of course, if Ben Davis plays, and Ben Davis has been you know, as good a player as we've had this season, then one of those, Son, either, either Son, Ali or Eriksson, can't play. And that's that's our problem with that wing-back system of trying to balance it between what our strongest eleven is and our strongest tactical system is. And until we solve that, it, that's going to be a problem going forwards. Yeah, it is going to be a problem going forward. And it'll be interesting to see how we try and cope with that, with teams coming to Wembley, putting 11 behind the ball. And coming across to you, Paul, um, Spurs, we recorded 75% possession against Swansea. That's the highest in a single Premier League match <coughs> since Opta began recording their data. But for uh, all the possession, Paul, it doesn't mean nothing if you don't put the ball in the back of the net. No, I mean, there was a couple of clear-cut chances. Uh, Harry Kane hit in the bar, and you know, we should have had a penalty. We all know that now, and that probably would have been it. Mm. And we completely deserved to win the game, but... 
you just got to put it away. And we just weren't clinical enough in front of goal again. We've said that a few times before. Teams are always going to set up like that. I mean, it was the kind of same old story. And I think the other problem was that a lot of our big game players didn't have their best game. I thought Dele Alli was well off the pace. I mean, I think he was trying to make things happen too much. He was, because we were a bit ponderous and the build-up play was slow, he was trying to play people in with flicks. And when they don't come off, that's very frustrating. You know, he might have, I think he was trying to offload the ball quickly, get get players in dangerous positions. But when it doesn't come off, you kind of think, well, you're just giving up possession all the time. So he had a very frustrating game uh, with all this stuff about the agents in the background mm. that probably didn't help his uh, his case either. Well, I mean, it's funny you say that, Paul. I mean, coming across to you, Jamie, I mean, I did throw a tweet out there on Saturday and just thought to myself, should Ali, I mean, I love him as a player. He has got the ability to change a game. You know, at the yeah. drop of a drop of a hat. But the problem is, when he's not scoring, you have to argue what is he bringing to the game. And you just think maybe if this agent's yeah. all getting to him, Jamie, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think he's got to have something in his head. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, as I said, I think it was changing the winning formula. Um, and obviously, as we as we've just said, you know, we tried to fit Sun in by putting him at left wing back. I would have just started, the, you know, pretty much the same team that we um, played against Dortmund. I think. Yeah, I mean, Ali perhaps could have been something that we could have had come off the bench. I think that would have been been a good option. But um, yeah, yeah. I would have start. I would have started with Ali. I think. I think if when he's fit, when he's available, and when he's not suspended, yeah. um, he's important. Yeah. I would start yeah. with him. But um, yeah. I, you know, you could argue you'd say the same team that did so well at Everton. Um, yeah. Again, Dembele was odd. Why Dembele wasn't involved? Mm. You had to question whether you needed. Two sitting and Sissoko is neither one thing nor the other. Even when he went, even when he went to wing back, I, I've, every time he plays, I think this is going to be the day when we see the player that, that yeah. plays for France, and and he never he never turns up, does he? Neither here nor there is he, Paul. Interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Jace, yeah. coming over to you. I mean, just looking at the defensive trio. Listen, I think Vertonghen and Alderweireld again, really good. Sanchez, I think he was fine his feet in the game. I think he progressed again as the game went on. But just in regards to playing Sonny at wing back, Jason, when we saw against Chelsea, it is just such an unnecessary risk to take. So why do it again, Jace? Well, I think I think that the Chelsea game was slightly different because his his defensive frailties came into it against Chelsea, and you knew that Chelsea would would create far more problems for us than Swansea. I don't think it was ever really going to be a, a, a defensive problem with him uh, against Swansea. I mean, for me, I would have just gone with a with a back four and, and played 4-2-3-1. I don't think we really needed three centre-halves against a side that were, were never really going to come at us. Um, and, and that's what I mean by the muddled thinking. I, I just mm. didn't really see that. I mean, you know, they didn't have a shot on target all game, did they? And it was only in the last... 10 minutes where where they, they even kind of ventured into our half and I just didn't think we, we needed that just go with a normal back four with a left back in a left back role and a right back in a right back role instead of switching Trippier to the other side in the second half and, and, and getting into a conf- complete mess like that just go with a normal back four and I think that would have been okay against Swansea Yeah I mean it's fair to say in the last three four years Potter's managed us there's very few of these performances that we can highlight you know, some odd decisions in terms of selections. But coming back around to you, Jamie, just in terms of the build-up play from Spurs, I mean, at times it was heavily lethargic, very slow. You want a fast tempo against these, you know, these average sides, not be horrible to Swansea, that come to the likes of Wembley, will put 11 men behind the ball and look to hit you on the counter-attack. Surely, Jamie, we have to play quicker in order to try and break these teams down. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember just sitting in the crowd even against Dortmund and, you know, you just watched, watched us play and it just wasn't the same as it has been at, like, White Hart Lane or or before. And it's just, it, it's frustrating. And, and that's the one way you've got to break teams down, like Swansea down. You've got to play 
got to play quickly. And I think a team like Manchester City showed that on the weekend. You know, they moved the ball around quickly against Watford. Um, and, you know, teams like Chelsea be able to do it. And, it, yeah, it's just frustrating because, obviously, it's the whole Wembley factor and we just can't seem to play our way, our way of football because, as before, we, you know, we, we, we're good at moving the ball around quickly, but seem to have lost that this season. Yeah. I mean, coming over back round to you, Paul, it seems to be quite funny that the silver lining is that Spurs' first clean sheet in 11 matches at Wembley. I mean, we have to quickly just say Ben Davis, Pochettino did confirm after the game he did take a serious knock against Dortmund, which would explain his absence. Mm. But give us, an, give us an idea, Paul. What did you think of Aurea, for example? Would you have started him over Trippier? What's your thoughts on him so far? No, I think he's still getting his match sharpness up. He's not played a lot of football, Aurea, so I think he needs he needs time to bed in. I think he's he's looked good so far, and I think he'll get better. Mm. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if he starts tomorrow night, because I think he just needs game time at the moment so uh, but I think he'll be good I think he's a he's a strong character it's interesting I was chatting to a French journalist about him because when we signed him I thought you know he's a, he's high risk you know we saw mm. you know Poch in the past he's had uh, issues with players yep. uh, if they if they if they can be trouble but um, uh, in this case it, apparently is when he went back to Paris he was living in a fairly rough part of Paris as a kid when he went back to Paris to play at PSG he fell in with all his old mates again um, and got back into his old ways. But generally, he, he's, he's not a bad guy. He just fell in with a bad lot once again. So, you know, he's apologised. We've got to give him the benefit of the doubt and hope he can knuckle down and play. Because I think if he starts to play the way he can, he's, he's going to be an absolute bargain at 23 million. Yeah, I mean, he's going to provide us a lot of pace down that right-hand side. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, coming back around to you, Jace, then. I mean, you, you mentioned briefly about the reshuffle, Jace. We saw the second half that we did revert... Sissoko to right back, Trippier went to left back, and then Son went in behind Kane. Could you understand the thinking there from Pochettino? Well, I could understand. <clears throat> I could understand some of the juggling. I think that the problem was, I would have much preferred Davies <clears throat> to have come on at half time rather than put Trippier out there because we know Trippier can cross the ball, but if he hasn't got the pace to get behind his man, and you've then got to switch it onto the wrong foot, you know, onto the back onto that right foot all the time, so you're always turning back on yourself. It's even going to be harder for him to throw those balls in. So I think if you were if you were going to do that, you'd have been better to take Sissoko off, bring Davis on, on and leave Trippier where he was or do something like that to at least start that way. But, you know, I mean, it wasn't Musa Sissoko. I felt a little bit sorry for Sissoko because, once again, that everyone will, will throw the, the hatred onto Sissoko and the, the poor bloke can't do anything right, can he? There's just so much negativity about him but actually on the day and he was poor I'm not going to say anything other than the fact he was poor but he still created our best two chances of the game and you know when people say what did he do well actually on the day he did more than Ericsson and Ali on the day and, and alright it wasn't good enough and like I say I'm not defending his performance because it wasn't good enough but he still created two of our best chances Yeah well I think I've got a more frightening stat for you here Jace he actually created the most chances of any Tottenham player in that game, four of them, believe it or not. So that's well, quite... Well, there you go. Uh, that, there you that, go. Well, yeah, that sums up Jason. He certainly... I think he put, he put Son through in that first half, didn't he, where Son had the shot from the narrow angle, yep. which he scored against Dortmund, and I think Fabianski turned it round. And it was his pullback for Kane that hit the bar. Now, if Kane's one goes in, Moussa Sissioko's the man with the assist. And But, you know, as I say, I'm not defending his performance by any means, but... You know, there were other targets that were equally as poor as Musa Sissoko on the day, but everyone's focus immediately goes on to Musa Sissoko. Yeah. 
Interesting. I mean, it is, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, he does seem to be the scapegoat at the moment. There always seems to be one at Spurs. Um, come back around to you, Jamie. You've had a couple of questions on Ben Davis. I think it's clear just to put them put them out there that it does seem like Ben Davis was carrying this big knock yeah. against Dortmund, which is why he wasn't risked. That's in relation to Colin McGee and Darren at come on a spur asking those questions. But for you, we've had Paul's take on it already, Jamie. Would you have started Serge Aurier or would you have sticked with uh, Kieran Trippier? Um, I'll say what well, I was saying that I was um, to someone on the weekend that I was really hoping that Aurea would start again because um, when he when he played against Dortmund he really impressed me and of course you know he's got a chance to rest in midweek you know because we've got um, we've got Barnsley uh, in the Carabao Cup yep. um, so I thought it was a good opportunity for him to play and then perhaps rest um, against Barnsley but um, yeah I would have liked to have seen him on the weekend. Yeah. And then for you, Jamie, I mean, we're having a lot of questions coming about, you know, why change your winning team? I mean, Bar yeah. Davis aside, would there have been anything else you would have changed in that terms of that starting lineup? Um, no, I would have, as I said, I, would, I wanted to keep it the same. I mean, mm. you know, Dembele, perhaps how many games a week can he play? I mean, obviously, rotated a lot last year as well. So, yeah, it's difficult. Um, I would have perhaps kept it the same. I mean, it's, it's obviously it was tricky because uh, I was expecting Ben Davis to start, but obviously knowing that he was injured, um, I would have perhaps the only the only change I would have made, as I said, would be Son for Ali. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ali, coming over to you, Paul. He seems to be getting a lot of the headline talk at the moment. We're seeing him a lot in terms of newspapers and media doing a lot of promotions for himself at the moment. Pochettino has come out today in his press conference and dismissed rumours of him being offered a new contract. Paul, when you look at him as a player. Do you see a player potentially there that's going to stay at Spurs for years? Or do you think maybe you look at him and see he could be like one of these superstars that we're going to find it very hard to hold on to him? Oh, yeah, I think the latter. Certainly if um, if he signs for Mendes or Riola, someone like that, I mean, generally they're not the sort of agents who say, yeah, go and sign another five-year contract to Tottenham <laughs> for an extra 25 grand a week. So, you know, he'll know he's worth uh, and it, it goes back to some of the stuff Danny Rose said. You know, it wasn't it wasn't done in the best way. No. But at the core of what he said, he had a point. You know, you have to kind of ultimately, as the club gets bigger, play pay players what they're worth. And I think we'll find ourselves. You know, Dele Alley is. You know, he's loved his time at Spurs, but I do sense we will this season, maybe next season, but nothing. I can't see him at Tottenham beyond that. Sadly. Mm. Jase, coming over to you. Do you echo Paul's thoughts? What's your feelings on Dele Alley? Well, if we win the league this year and we win it next year and we win the Champions League next year and we give him 200 grand a week, then he'll be at Tottenham. So, you know, fingers crossed. I'm not ruling it out, but I'd say there's probably a one or two percent chance of those things happening. So, yeah. you know, but, you know, like I said last week, let's just enjoy him while we've got him. Mm. Let's, let's not look forward to the day we lose him or, or speculate on what how many seasons we've got with him. Let's just make sure we get the, the most out of him while he's there. Does it worry you, Jace, that performance on Saturday? Are we looking too much into it because it's just the week of where the talk about the agents have come out? I think it, it's a, a combination. He it, it wasn't at his best Saturday, and then people always look, almost look too much for a reason. You know, he didn't smile against Burnley when he scored or whatever. And you know, people are saying he's in poor form, but he still scored in two of our five league games so far, and he he really should have scored at Everton. And he was he played an excellent game at Everton, and he was excellent at Newcastle. Was probably our, our best player at Newcastle on the first day. So, you know, he had a poor game, but I, as I've always said, I'm yet to find a player that has 38 brilliant games a season. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, that's a great point, Mike. That it is very rare to see that. Um, going to come back around to you in a second, Jamie. But coming around to you, Paul, just very quickly in terms of the substitutions, we've had numerous questions come in. But I first, want to ask you: we bring Lorente on, 
and mm. we've stopped doing what we've done all game in terms of crossing the ball. I mean, you think that would be the logical thing? You've brought a six-foot guy on. Let's get the ball in the box. Why are we looking to play into feet, Paul? Can you work that one out? Uh, I, well, I think I, no, I've not watched the game back, but mm. it felt to me at the time that we were trying to get balls in the box, <laughs> but we couldn't beat the first man. And, you know, we couldn't get beyond their defenders. Uh, mm. We were trying to get a few crosses in, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it was it was odd, but I think you know, had we just start lumping the balls into the box, I think Spurs fans would have been complained about that as well. And I think yeah. Lorente's more than that. He is he is a decent header of the ball, but he can hold it up as well. He can play other people in. So uh, I, I kind of sense they they wanted to do that, but they just weren't getting the quality of the crosses in. Yeah, coming over to you, Jamie. I think listen, we absolutely all adore Pochettino here. We can't you know put on yeah. record how much the gratitude we owe him for the last three or four years but like any manager Jamie he's not immune to criticism um, in terms of substitutions for one Lorente was you a bit disappointed in terms of how we tried to kind of get the ball to him do you think we could have made it a bit easier for ourselves what, what do you think yeah I mean if you look at the fullbacks I mean obviously they're the they're the two that are going to get it in the box I mean we had um, Trippier on the left which obviously isn't his um, preferred side and then you had Ori on the other side um, and I have to admit, that's the only... Watching him against Dortmund and watching him uh, on the weekend, I'd say one criticism would be his crossing. So perhaps it was just a case of we didn't... You know, obviously Trippier's on his wrong foot and Aurier isn't the best crosser in the world. So perhaps that had something to do with it. I'd, that's, that would be my explanation for the yeah. lack Sh- of service. Yeah, shot in the dark at the moment, I, isn't it? I think, I, think part, I think part of it as well, Ricky, is that mm. you know, for three years we've not lumped the ball into the box. And, and those players are all completely, you know, for three years they've been told don't, you know, just don't lump it in, play yeah. the ball into feet. And and it takes time to think, right, there's a new bloke on, we can not lump it into the box. Paul's right, you've got to get quality balls. It's not just smacking it from, from Toby at centre half, is it? It's making sure you get into the positions where the crosses can come in from and getting quality crosses in. But for, like I say, if, you, if you've not played that way for three years, it's yeah. going to take more than somebody just coming off the bench and everyone's mind is instantly, all right, stop doing this, we'll do that. You know, it'll, it'll take us time to, to really play to or, or get used to playing to the strengths of, uh, of Laurenti. Hmm. It's very difficult to play against a team that sit as deep as Swansea did and show absolutely no ambition. Fair play to them, as Paul Clement said, in Italy, that'd be a brilliant defensive performance <laughs> against against a team you can't possibly go toe-to-toe with because they're better than you are. So he's come away with a point, it's job done. But you look at Dortmund, they played a very high line, that's why we got behind them. Everton basically played like it was a testimonial, Ericsson's testimonial, they gave us the run of the place. So it's very hard when you've got effectively seven or eight men camped on the edge of the box. And the way you tend to play is to try and find room behind teams like that. So you have to come up. It's that old plan B thing. So yeah. they, they tried to get round them. It didn't come off. They When they did get in good positions, the, it didn't go in. It's one of those, I think, you know, yeah. you can't overanalyze it to an extent. You have to just put it down to experience. We should have won. We had chances to win. On another day, we would have done. So it was, again, frustration was the key, I think. Yeah, and you talk about frustration there, Paul. That's the first time Tottenham have failed a score in 30 Premier League home games, if you want to count Wembley, White Lane in conjunction. Mm. I mean, that tells you everything. That normally, we do find the back of the net. So, And, Jay, coming over to you, in terms of goal ratio at the moment, are Barnsley the best team to be playing? Because we do need to kind of get back amongst the goals at Wembley, don't we? Well, we, we certainly need to, to improve in front of goal because, you know, Chelsea was an own goal and, and the Burnley game was a just a scramble from a corner. So, you know, we've, we've got to find a way of, of getting our chances and being a lot more clinical in front of goal. Hopefully, Barnsley will provide a decent uh, opposition to raise that goal tally. But 
you know, it very much depends on what type of team we put out tomorrow. It does indeed. We will be t- talking about that team coming up, like I say, in the next segment of the show towards the end. Um, Jamie, going to come round to you. Interesting one, this one. Dave, you can answer it for me. Um, what the hell has happened to our relationship with Mike Dean? Because it seems to have deteriorated rapidly. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's obviously, well, even he wasn't performing at Wembley, so it goes just goes to show. You know, the team don't perform, and Mike Dean can't perform either. So, should yeah. we had, should we have had at least one penalty, Jamie? Um, yes, there was. I mean, I think there was two on Aurier. There was definitely one where he got he got tripped, um, and I think it was one where he kind of hit the side netting. Um, so there was at least there was at least one penalty in there. Um, yeah, I mean it's it, yeah, it's frustrating, um, and I think yeah, I mean as we said, you know we just it was just came down to being frustrated, you know fr- Swansea frustrating us in the end. So yeah, yeah. What about you, Paul? Can you explain that relationship? What's happened there? No, I just I, I, it's funny. I think all referees, when you talk, you know, we we like to think that he's been on our side and he's just trying to get one back on us. But I just yeah. think. He made a very bad call. He just he thought it was handball. He, we had we had a chat with Graham Poles on the show today, and he said, you know, if you, if if you miss things, it's one thing as a referee, but when you see things that haven't happened, that's when that's when you get annoyed with yourself. And he would have known that Mike Dean would have been really pissed off when he watched that back because there is no handball. So he sees something that isn't there. So it was just it was just a a bad call. I thought the handball as well. I mean, you know, we, 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 we've seen, we've certainly seen those given over the years and the arm does go out. I mean, it was less clear cut than, than the Oreo one, but we had a couple of penalty shouts. So, yeah. Uh, look, yeah, he, look, he's, I, I don't think they, we, I think it was a probably a, a, just a coincidence we always felt he was doing us favours. And, and I think it's equally true of the fact that he didn't give us anything at the weekend. I don't think refs, as much as we like to think so, having yeah, known yeah. a few refs, I don't think they think like that. Yeah, I'm, apart from the Moussa Dembele celebration side a couple of years ago, Paul, I think, I think you're bang on, apart from that one. Um, <laughs> it's funny, Pochettino, after the game, he said maybe Wembley affected the referee because he missed the penalty, so Poch clearly wasn't happy in the post-match presser. Um, just want to ask you, Jace, very quickly, just to kind of round up on the Burnley, uh, Burnley, on the Barnsley game. Substitutions, Jace, we're having quite a few questions come in about should they be done earlier? Very quickly, would you have changed anything different? Dembele to come on, what was your thoughts on it, Jace? Well, I would have... You know, I'd have preferred to see Dembele start. But, um, like I say, I would have brought Davis on at half-time. I, I wouldn't necessarily have taken Son off, I think. You know, quite possibly the braver call would have been to take Ali off. Because when we were looking... We looked most dangerous when Son was involved than Dele Ali. So, I would have left Son on and, and, and let it run like that. But, you know, it's, there's always things you can try and do. Everyone's it's, it's always easy to be wise after the event, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Uh, and I think he apparently he snapped in the about Dembele in his press conference and said, "Well, how many goals has Dembele scored?" So, you know, I think I think if you're Pochettino, and I'm certainly not going to defend it, but if you're Pochettino, and with, with all this criticism of we got our tactics wrong, we got the system wrong, we got this wrong, we got that wrong, Pochettino's probably sitting there today and he said we had 75% of the ball, we had 11 corners to one, we had what 26 shots at goal mm-hmm. to their four. Yep. So my tactics that I planned creates that set of statistics what more do you want me to do for it and that's that's probably how he looks at it and says you know what i gave him the game plan it may not have been the perfect game plan but that game plan should still have been enough to beat swansea city at home and so don't 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 lump all the blame onto me yeah no i think that's a very fair point and ellie sutton for zach dave ellis mark i hope that gives you some kind of insight into in terms of what we think in terms of the change and substitution guys thank you so much for all your questions 
Jamie, going to come back under you. Let's try and um, let's try and focus on a positive then. Uh, Davinson Sanchez and Sergio Ria, two guys they seem to at the moment have started in particularly well um, yeah. so far in terms of the scouting and profiling for these guys. Do you think these have been two potentially good moves? I know it's early days, but from what you've seen so far, another clean mm. sheet. Early days, but looking good. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Davinson Sanchez really. I think he's really impressed me in um, all three games that he's played. Um, yeah, I think he offers something different to Alderweireld and Vertonghen in a way because obviously he's a bit quicker than both of them. Um, so he kind of plays well as a sweeper. Um, and of course, he's been moved into the middle now. Um, so I've been really impressed with him. Um, and Serge Aurier, I mean, against Dortmund, I was just, yeah, I was, he was the player that I was expecting. You know, a player that's, um, you know, played for one of the biggest teams in the world, had so much success. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've all really impressed me. Um so yeah, I think I think they've really added well to our defence, and I think we obviously lost Vimmer and um, and Walker, and I think we've got in arguably two better players. Yeah, Paul, come over to you. I know it's very early days; you might not want to comment at the moment. But what do you make of Sanchez and Aurea's introduction so far? Yeah, I've got every confidence Aurea once he gets a bit of game time. Uh, he's a you know he's a proper man. I think mm. he'll he'll be good in the team. He'll be a good character. He'll get into players. I think there might be elements of the when we had Edgar Davids there obviously not as old but I think mm. someone who's played at the top level won't be frightened to, to mm. call people out I mean Sanchez is interesting I was chatting to Tim Vickery who's our South Direct correspondent also a top and Tim said that yeah I mean Sanchez is good he said he's work in progress he only had really one season at Ajax he's only a kid 21, and I've been yeah, yeah. yeah I've been really impressed with how quickly he seems to have settled down he got himself in quite a few mm. one-on-ones the other day with Tammy Abrams and he did well he looks strong. Tim said to me, he needs to physically bulk up a bit. He's not great in the air. He's maybe not as commanding as he should be, but his real assets are he reads the game brilliantly. He's really good with the ball at his feet, and he, he is just lightning quick. Uh, and I think, I think that will, certainly will help us at Wembley on that bigger pitch, having mm-hmm. someone who's that fast. Yeah. No, I think it will, certainly will. So, I mean, like I say, talking about Wembley, though, sticking with you for one second, Paul, um, we have to just address the fact that it, it's seven points dropped at Wembley already this season in comparison to just four at White Hart Lane. We've had a couple of questions coming, Paul, just in regards to Dave Ellis now saying, do we feel our away form is going to be key to us, you know, maintaining a top four challenge this season? Is that how you see it, Paul? Yeah, I think a bit like a bit like it used to be at White Hart Lane. You know, when we go away from home, mm. uh, you know, the, the onus is on other teams to come at us, which leaves gaps. And we saw with Swansea. Swansea won't be the last team to do that, certainly after it's worked. I mean, the key is to score early, because once you've scored early, that's the game plan over and done with. And then you draw them out and you can score more goals. But the longer it goes on uh, at, uh, at nil-nil, then you know it's, teams are just going to sit back there and they're going to stay there and they'll look upon a point uh, as, a, as a good one uh, against Tottenham, because you know these days we're regarded as a top four, top six club. So... Um, no, I mean, I think it's good. Yeah, away from it, we proved against Everton when we got a little bit more room to play. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, we will get points. Yeah. I mean, coming over to you, Jamie, it's a sign of respect, isn't it? The fact that teams do come to Wembley, do count that men behind the ball. It, it, they, they do know that Spurs, if you give them time, space, freedom, we are deadly, aren't we, with the likes of Ericsson, Ali when he's on Son, uh, human Son as well. So, I mean, like I say, there's definitely players in there that can, as we've seen on any day, blow teams away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw it against Dortmund and um, perhaps if you, you look at the teams that we've played, such as Chelsea um, and, and Swansea and Burnley, they've all kind of sat deep and played the way, as we've just mentioned. Um, whereas Dortmund were kind of a bit more open and they left, you know, we, we were able to get over the top. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, obviously that you know teams are kind of learning how to play against us at Wembley. But um, look, we've shown we can we've shown we can break good teams down at Wembley. So it's just a case of you know trying to yeah just trying to find the way of beating teams there. So yeah. Yeah, all about finding a way. And Jace, coming over to you, having the last word, excuse the pun, on the uh, game at the weekend against Swansea. Two points dropped, but I mean, good to see Liverpool, Arsenal and Chelsea also drop points, Jace. But it's catch-22, isn't it? I mean, it was an opportunity to also make some ground on these teams. Well, exactly. You know, it's a consolation that they drop points, but then it, it gets more frustrating that you, you know, you could have taken advantage of them dropping points, you know. I mean, Burnley have had an astonishing start, haven't they? Who would have thought Crazy. they'd go to, mm. to Chelsea, Tottenham and Liverpool and come away undefeated with five points? I mean, that's just... <laughs> I bet they, they can't believe it themselves. Um, and, and, you know, Chelsea were held by a mid-table team yesterday in a in a dull game. So, you know, that's, that's what happens. But, yeah, it was definitely points dropped. And, you know, with the two Manchester clubs going as they are, I mean, in the last couple of years, Leicester have got away from us and mm. Chelsea have got away from us. But, you know... And we haven't been able to pull that back. But this time there looks like two teams that, that could go away from you. And, and that makes it a lot harder because you're relying on two teams dropping points. But it was disappointing. But, you know, you have to move on and get over it. And, you know, the only thing with teams coming to Wembley and parking the bus, there was plenty of teams came to Tottenham and tried to park the bus. You know, it, it's been that way now for a couple of years, hasn't it? In fairness. And, you know, I think it was Paul said last year we found those early goals. I mean, some of those games we were winning three or four nil by half time because we mm. were scoring in those opening 10 minutes. We did that with Dortmund and that, that's the key to really force that and play a really perhaps play at a much higher tempo than we have done in those opening 20, 25 minutes and really press and force mistakes and, and you know, really kind of hem teams in, which we haven't, haven't really done. I think the, both the first half with Swansea and Burnley, we haven't really played at the tempo that we were playing at away our lane last year. And I think that's more the problem. It's not Wembley, it's our own problem. Well, I do wonder if the size of the pitch at Wembley and the fact that they've not been coming out of the traps quite too quickly has a bearing, because it is a bigger pitch. You have got more ground to cover. It may be psychological, but, you know, you're thinking, you know, we've got to do this for 90 minutes. You've got to have a little bit left in the tank. And I just wonder if some of the players are thinking, OK, let's pace ourselves a little bit. Um, but, look, I don't know. But it, it feels like, you're right, they're not coming out the way they did at White Hart Lane. And I wonder if the size of Wembley and the fact there's more running to be done has a bearing on it. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that, Paul, because I heard uh, Tabiana Virold on your on your station, TalkSport, say that the players are having to adapt to mm. learning to play at Wembley. So clearly Pochettino has had to try and, you know, change something in terms of the game plan at Wembley, how we do set up, how we press. Um, so again, it is a learning curve. We are only a couple of games into Wembley. I mean, the question is, Paul, like you said there, top four, it's going to be a threat. We are going to talk about the Cups in a minute, so just hold our thoughts on that. But Jamie, just coming over to you very, very quickly, um, tell us, Premier League for you, Jason said there about Man United, Man City getting away from us. Do you think we can yeah. we can claw back those points? It's still a long season ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we've got a couple of uh, decent fixtures coming up. So, you know, we get, you know, we get a couple, you know, like nine points and then and we're straight back in it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much to worry about at the moment. It's very early on. So, yeah, very yeah, early on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. OK, guys, what we're going to do, we're going to go for a very quick break. And after, we are going to talk about Pochettino and Cup competitions. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this very short break. Hello, and welcome to Loan Watch, a weekly update on our players out on loan. We're going to start this week in the United States, where Anton Wakes has featured twice for Atlanta United. The first was a 7-0 win over New England Revolution, in which Anton scored his second goal for Atlanta. 
The second was a free-free draw at home to Orlando City. The second game against Orlando was actually watched by a record MLS crowd of 70,425. In Turkey, Vincent Janssen scored with his first touch in Fenerbahce's 4-1 win away at Alanzi Spore. In the Skybet Championship, Cameron Carter-Vickers was an unused substitute as Sheffield United lost 1-0 at home to Norwich. Staying in the Championship, Josh Onomah was a 61st-minute substitute in Aston Villa's 3-0 win over our League Cup opponent, Barnsley. And finally, in League One, uh, Connor Ogilvie was a second-minute substitute as Gillingham beat Charlton Athletic 1-0, in which what was the Jill's first win of the season. That's it for this week's edition of Lone Watch. Speak to you next week, and as always, come on you Spurs! Hello guys, and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Guys, as always, we ask you to get your questions into us each and every week. You can do that by tweeting our Twitter account of at last word on Spurs, leaving your question with the hashtag LWOS. Guys, we have some exciting news this week. We have launched a brand new partnership with Last Word on Sport. That will allow you guys to get even more involved in our debates. And Jason very kindly will then be in a position where he can answer all of your questions in full on a website to be announced in the near future. So that's some exciting news, guys, that will be coming your way in terms of the website very, very shortly. Right, Okay, let's talk about Pochettino and Cups then, because that seems to have caused a bit of a stir in his press-match conference ahead of Barnsley. I'm going to come across to you first, Paul. Pochettino's words were, the project here at Tottenham is to try and win the Premier League or the Champions League. Okay, I would love to win the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, but Tottenham must build a project with the possibility to fight for the Champions League or Premier League. Paul, is he right to say those words? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think he needs to give some of the fringe players games for for the Carabao Cup, certainly. Certainly these early stages. He might change his attitude as the closer we get to uh, you know, the semi-final or whatever. I think when the FA Cup comes around, I think it does depend on the opposition. He'd be mad to put out a full-strength team uh, against Barnsley when we've got to go to West Ham at the weekend and then play in the Champions League next week. So, you know, you want fringe players to get game time. So I think I think he'll judge it on the opposition. I think sometimes with Potch, it loses a bit in the yeah, translation, mm, um, and I just think he'll say things, but you know he's, he hasn't got a complete command of the language, and I think sometimes that comes across. So you shouldn't really hang on his every word. I think I think he'll look at the competition. You know, if we end up playing Arsenal in the fourth round of the FA Cup, he won't stick. He won't stick the kids in. He just he just won't because he knows. He knows what it means to the fans and he knows what it means to the club. So I think it'll be horses for courses. Mm. I am just getting flashbacks, though, Paul, of Fazio in defence on that FA Cup game. On League yeah. Cup game, just a couple of years back. But yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Chase, coming over to you, I think what seems to have, I'm not saying riled some of the fan base, but seems to have put them into a little bit of concern is that, you know, Spurs, <coughs> it's been a very long time since they've won silverware. Should, not, should we not be taking every opportunity at its serious priority. I mean, I, I know obviously there is going to be that kind of, you know, running order as to what's the most important trophy, but how do you see it, Jace? Well, I mean, when we had the question kept coming up last year, mm. I've always said, I think at this period in our in our history where we are now starting to talk about Tottenham being in title races and things like that, that, that top four football at this very moment in time is perhaps more important than than winning that trophy. I want, don't get me wrong, I've always said, I want to win trophies. And, and it should be about winning trophies. But when we have 
you know, we want to keep the the bigger names. We want to to take Champions League football into that new stadium. And until that stadium, you know, come in two years' time, I'd be sitting here saying, I want a trophy more than anything. But I think we're at a, such a unique part in the club's history that, that Champions League football that is far more valuable to us at this very time than, than winning, a, winning a trophy is. But like I say, don't misunderstand me because I want to win trophies as much as anyone. But I can, you know, we want... We want to keep fringe players involved. We want to see young players coming into the side. Uh, we don't want Harry Kane to be risking a game that, that doesn't matter and so he breaks an ankle like he did against uh, Millwall in the Cup last year. And so if, if you're having to juggle all those things, then the thing is the League Cup becomes the, the lesser of your priorities. It's just the, the way of life. And, you know, every single club will be rotating or probably, you know, 95% of the teams in that Carabao Cup tomorrow will change seven or eight players and you know that, that sadly that's the way that football's become yeah I mean Joseph had a question here from Oliver Kinghorn who says our league form is anyone's guess is the Champions League our only chance of avoiding crowning White Hart Lane next season with Thursday night football do you think that's a little bit over the top what, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on that one I'm not panicking about our league form, but, you know, let's see where we are mm. come Christmas time. I yep. mean, you know, this time two years ago, we started with, what, a 2-2 home draw against Stoke. Last yep. year, we started with a home draw mm. with Liverpool and a really scrappy win against Crystal Palace and things like that. You know, it has taken us time to hit our straps, you know, in, in each season under Pochettino. So, you know, and you saw in the first season under him that we... We struggled for league form, so we did take the Carly, or the what was it, Carling Cup then seriously mm. and reached a final. So I, I think Paul's right. You, you take it. You just have to take it week by week, don't you? If you if you suddenly lost four league games, you think right. You know, perhaps our best hopes of of glory is by by doing well in this competition. But at the moment, I I can understand why he says Champions League and, and Premier League are, are far bigger priorities for us at the moment. But, you know, just 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 on that, Rick. Yeah. I wonder how many people would swap. A proper team playing against Barnsley tomorrow and winning four 0 with a Harry Kane hat trick and and Son going down the wing and then say all right the West Ham game on Saturday, on Saturday doesn't matter Saturday lunchtime and mm. if we drop points against West Ham the thing is we won the League Cup tie what's the bigger game we've got this week it's mm. quite simple isn't it yeah yeah well of course I mean we want to win, we want to win both and um, coming over to you Jamie um, do you think like I say this is just a case now of Tottenham is like the big team mentality where we just have to start getting used to the fact that listen the FA Cup the League Cup they are yeah. unfortunately down the pecking order for Spurs it has to all be about Premier League Champions League has to be doesn't it yeah I agree I mean that's what we're building towards that's why we're building a 61,000 seater stadium you know we're building it to compete with um, teams and I think one thing going into the new stadium, having Champions League, is I think that's going to be really important because um, obviously it's going to bring in greater revenue and stuff. Um, so it's going to help pay off the stadium a bit quicker. Um, and I think obviously having Champions League football keeps keeps our best players there. And I think we need to be having we need to be keeping all our top players going into the new stadium um, so as that we can bed in uh, well at the new stadium. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's one of those things, isn't it? We're going to have to find a way of coping with it and trying to play across yeah. all four competitions. Paul, coming back to you, can you understand the fan base out there that just do feel, look, we need to win something. We have to win something. There's like this kind of desperation now for Spurs fans that, look, anything will do. I hate to say it, we're seeing them not, them not down the road, still even going through what they're going through, still winning trophies. Or again, Paul, are you of the mindset, like you said earlier, that, listen, the Premier League Champions League has to be now, you know, where we put our focus into? 
I'd like, I'd uh, like to win a cup. I'd like to win the FA Cup. It'd be mm. great to go to the FA Cup final again uh, of, of all the cup competitions. And I think, as I said, I think when when the time comes with the right opposition, you'll see a kind of side and eleven that reflects the importance of that. Uh, whatever Poch says at the moment. But I mean, look, we've got to be realistic. We're not going to win the Champions League. I mean, it would have to be a quite incredible run for us to win the Champions League. Um, it's possible, but it's a long shot. The most winnable trophy. It's probably the FA Cup um, or, or possibly the League Cup. I don't know. But, you know, if we should try and go for them all, but use the squad. Give fringe players games and just, you know, manage it. Manage the squad, which I think is what you were saying today. Was, I've got yeah. players that need games. Uh, so let, let's use them, horses for courses. If we've got the right opposition, we feel we can rotate. If we can't, then we'll put out as strong a side as we can. So I think, you know, we have to trust him. Um, but I know I would love to go to an FA Cup one. It would be great to win it. It's been a long time. Yeah, far, far too long. I mean, Paul, in terms of fringe players, we discussed them. I mean, you've got to also think, if these guys don't get games now, when will they ever get games, Paul? Yeah, no, uh, tomorrow I think you're going to see up to about five or six different... I mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised. He's, he's got Gazaniga there. You might yep. give him a game. Yeah, give, could give Walker-Peters a game. He could mm. give... Uh, I'm reliably, inf- well, I'm reliably informed it's Foyt by our South American okay. correspondent. But <laughs> I, don't go, I don't want to go out on a limb. I've seen Match of the Day commentators do that. You look like a Burke. So I'm going to stick <laughs> with Foyt. Uh, I think Lorente will start. I do think Aurier will, will start. Um, and uh, and Kudu, from what he said, he's definitely going to start because he said he did well pre-season. He wants to give him games. So I think mean, you could see six different players coming in and around. Ericsson and Dyer and one or two others. So oh, they're all going to get a chance tomorrow night. I mean, Barnsley aren't going particularly well. They're going to raise their game because it's Wembley. So mm-hmm. they're all very excited and they'll bring a lot of fans. But we really, that team, even with those changes, should be good enough to beat. With a bit of quality, should be good enough to beat Barnsley. Yeah, well, that's my argument as well, Paul. I look at, I don't mean to be horrible to Barnsley, I look at their squad there, 20th in the Championship. They've only won two games this season. I mean, James, I think the great point you made off there when we were having a chat is that the team we put out, there has to be an element of experience in there if you are going to play some of the kids. Absolutely for me. I, I don't I don't want to see a, a back four of Walker-Peters, Foyth, Sanchez and, and and just Aurier. I think, you know, if if you want to give Foyth or Foyth or whatever his name is, if you want to give him his <laughs> debut and give him a chance, you don't want to play him against an inexperienced... You don't want to play him alongside a, an inexperienced left-back playing only his second professional game and a centre-half that's, that's just come into the country. I think if you're going to play with him, you've got to put him alongside with Toby one side and Davis. Otherwise, you're making it much harder for him. Mm. If you play on Kudu, you, you can't be playing Oakley Booth and, and and other kids. You know, you've got to give him a chance to get the ball. So you do need a couple of senior players to be able to get their head up and give these people a chance. So I think, you know, if, if I'm going to make changes, I don't want to see more than about four and, and then if you have to bring on one or two other the other youngsters off the bench as the game's going well, you do it that way. But I think, you know, when we have rotated in some games in the past, where we get it wrong is that we change seven or eight players. And I think that's much harder to do. And it, it, it doesn't necessarily benefit the players coming in because you need some continuity and you need some pattern to that team rather than eight people coming in trying to necessarily make a, a good individual performance. When, and it's just not easy to do that. Yeah. Well, because uh, Vatonga can't play next week in the Champions League, can he? Because he's, he's got his band. So there's a good chance he could play tomorrow night and play against West Ham and he'll get a break next week. Yeah, it'll be interesting what he does with the team. Um, coming over to you, Jamie, then. Well, let's, one question I do want to ask, I haven't asked it yet, is that in terms of the quotes going out there flying around, 
is that potentially, Jamie, an excuse for some of the players if the result doesn't go their way? Because it seems like Potters maybe took the pressure off them saying, look, you know, the priority is the league and the Champions League. Do you, do you see it like that? Or do you just think, again, from his perspective, he's just being brutally honest, potentially? Um, oh, it's, tr- it's tricky. I mean, yeah. I don't. I think um, sometimes you've got to... He's not always going to tell the truth. I don't. I think sometimes managers can be reserved, um, especially Pochettino. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't read into too much of what he's saying, but mm. um, yeah, it could be a it could be potentially you know a chance to go and relax and and get you know and and play comfortably tomorrow. But um, no, I don't see it as, a, as an excuse. Okay, fair enough. Um, Paul, can I come back round to you? Any memories mm-hmm. from this side from this stage of the cup? Any any old memories at all for you? What th- oh blimey! What this stage of the League Cup? That's a good question. I went to a couple of very. I went to a couple of League Cup finals very early on. The first one I went to definitely show my age was seventy one when we beat Villa. So uh, so I've been to, I've been to a few League Cup finals. And when Ralph Coates scored in seventy three, so happy memories of the finals. Obviously, I think the profile of that that final was a whole lot uh, greater then. But as you said, I, I think it was it at this stage that. We had that game against the Arsenal and lost with them. Um, mm, it was indeed. It yeah, was. It was at this stage. Yeah, that was a bit depressing. It but was, uh, it's twice that. Yeah, it's I'm, I know, isn't it? Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Get done four one by them at this stage as well. We yeah, that's right. And he, actually, they put out the kids, which made it even worse. <laughs> didn't it? I remember. I remember right. You're right. I think. Yeah. Oh dear, Jason. What about you? Any old memories you can give us? Yeah, I can remember playing Barnsley back in 19. I think it was 87 in the in the famous Clive Allen year. And we, we had, I mean, I think that was the round before, the second round. We went up there, 1-3-2, and then beat them 5-3. Two goals for Sean Close. Okay. There's, a, there's oh. a name not too many people will have heard of in the days mm. of Sean Close and David Leeworthy and players like that. But <laughs> I, can re- I can remember it was Arthur Scargill was a famously from Barnsley, and he certainly took a bit of uh, crowd He didn't play, did few... he? <laughs> 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 didn't play, but he certainly, he certainly took some abuse and took all the, the anger of the Spurs fans, were certainly voiced in Arthur Scargill's direction. And obviously yeah. people that lived around the 80s will, will know who I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie. For you, any recent memories at all you can give us? Um, They've been I'm bad good. ones, haven't they? Recently, that's the only, that's the bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I mean, the only obvious memory from the League Cup would be obviously the five-one against Arsenal in the semi-final. I mean, that's that's a League Cup memory I can remember. Yeah, um, that was obviously a very special day. What a bad um, night was it? It was a yeah, we all mm. had a very good day going and uh, bragging to all my mates about it next day. So yeah, I thought you did. I thought you did. Yeah, beautiful day. Let's stick with you, Jamie. Then, um, in terms of players to be involved, Paul's mentioned quite a few names there. Who would you like to see? Would you like uh, to see lots of uh, Foyth, Lorente getting their debuts? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, Lorente would be a good chance for him to get a debut um, or start. Um, Foyth, I'd like to see. Um, one one would be uh, Marcus Edwards. I don't know. If I think I th- so. I think according to Poch today, he's, he won't be involved. I think yeah. he's, he's turned around and said that apparently he's still going to be with the under twenty three, still building uh, up. So that'd be interesting to see. I mean, it's a shame, isn't it? Because he does seem yeah. like he's right. ready now to take on this next stage of his, I'd say, development and start to feature more around the uh, the cups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I miss I miss that comment, but um, mm. yeah. I mean, he's obviously really impressed against uh, Dortmund um, in the youth uh, the youth Champions League. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a shame that we don't get to see him, but I think he'd be one to perhaps feature in uh, a later round if we advance. Yeah, fingers crossed. Paul, what do you make of that about Marcus Edwards? Was he a bit of a shame he's not involved? 
Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got his reasons. He thinks he needs. He said he thinks he needs to build up a bit physically. By the sound of it, he thinks he might just get bumped off the ball a bit. He said, from what I saw the quotes earlier on, he said, you know, he needs a little bit more development time. I know they got high hopes for him, but they probably don't want to sling him in uh, too early. But you know, he's the sort of player off the bench, mm. and we've seen that already. You know, he can come off the bench and have a real impact because he's a he's a very skillful player. He's great to watch. But um, mm. but look, I'm you know, in in Poch. We, we trust, I suppose. We have to yep. him and the coaching staff. They'll, they'll know when it's when it's time to bring him on. Yeah, uh, Paul. We haven't seen these two players feature yet much this season, down to injury more than anything else. But Harry Winks, George, Kevin, Inkudu. Now, I think quite a few people were surprised to see Inkudu stay this window. But Poch has picked him up in the summer and said he mm. could be a player this season. Is that how you see it? Do you think he's going to be again an impact player from the bench? Well, I was going to say, he just reminds me of Clinton and G, but Clinton and G's been scoring goals for Marseille. So Crazy. if, that's, if yeah. that's the case, that's good news. But um, uh, yeah, look, I mean, we'll see. He's, he's had little cameos and he's probably not had much of a chance. Apparently he had a little bit of trouble settling personally when he first came over and Pochettino says he's a lot happier now in himself and he thinks we'll see a player, as you said. Uh, Winks is great. I mean, mm. he just, you know, he's only coming back from that injury. Um I think I, I think he'll probably start tomorrow night. I mean, no one will start tomorrow night. He needs a bit of game time. Now, he's, he's interesting for a kid of his age. Mm. Um, he, you know, how often do we sit there and say, let's get Winks on for the last 10 minutes, get yep. hold of the midfield? Indeed. I mean, he's only a kid. So mm. he, I think the fans trust him in that environment. So, uh, yeah, I've got very high hopes for him. Yeah. Just to give you for a second, Paul, do you see him potentially as a long-term successor to Dembele or do you see him as two different players, just out of curiosity? Well, I, don't know. I think Dubén is a bit of a one-off, isn't he, really? Mm, the way he plays. Yeah, yeah. There are very few players that completely play like that. He's very mm. neat and tidy, Winks. He's, he's good. I see, him, I see him at Spurs for a long time. I don't see him one of those that gives us like two more years and ends up playing for a championship club or going to Swansea or something. I think, I think he'll be there for a while, actually. All the time they want him, I think, I think he'll stick around. I think he'll be a good player for us. Yeah, he will be. Jase, come over to you. Winks for you. Is this his breakthrough season? He's had quite a few injuries to start this season but do you think later on as we go in the season we're going to see more and more I, I think everyone can see the, the value of Winks I think there's there's nobody has to prove himself to amongst the supporters or, or the staff there. I think everyone can see his value but I think you know tomorrow if you do start with Winks and you're talking about a player that, that hasn't really played this season yet isn't necessarily got his up to full speed with fitness and mobility, then the important thing is, a little bit like I said earlier, you've got to have somebody alongside him that can maybe do a little bit more covering for him. And then are you in a position then where you think, well, I need to arrest Eric Dyer. So if, if Winks is in there in midfield, who's going to be alongside him? And I, I, what I don't want to see is Winks and Oakley Booth starting a game because they, I don't think it's fair on either of them. Mm. And, and that's the conundrum. I mean, you know... <laughs> It's talking about rotations and that. Who's picking Musa Sissoko tomorrow? Well, I mean, again, <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably does. But that's he the thing. He does need Paul, a game know. and needs confidence. Exactly. Yeah, he does need a game. I think. I think he could. Again, he's another one who could start. Maybe if he gets a chance to play through the middle, his favourite position, he could. You know, if he has a good game and scores a couple of goals, because he hasn't looked like particularly scoring so far. He had that one that he side footed over the bar the <laughs> other day. He had the thrutney bit. Uh, head header the other day against Everton, which he should have scored. So he's just got. He was through one on one against Dortmund, and you thought yeah, oh, he's never exactly. going to score. He's got to get a goal, a couple of goals, and get up and run. And he's got. I mean, I'll, I'll take your point from earlier on. I mean, you know, maybe his stats don't bear the the kind of the perception of him as a player. He's massively frustrating because he's mm. got it all. But yeah. I mean, there was one moment the other day against Dortmund. He'd only just come on, and, and it was like that old. You had one job. 
The ball came into him, but he's back to goal. And all he had to do was hold it up and take some pressure off us. And it sort of cannoned off his calf and went to a Dortmund player. It had that, it's that sort of dog chasing a balloon thing we used to have with Didier Zakor. He reminds me of that sometimes. Oh, dear. I think oh, we, we all have to admit, I mean, I've never seen a professional, certainly at that level, with as bad a first touch as Sissoko, that's for sure. That, that is alarming. <laughs> 30 million quid great, with the it? first touch. Oh, well, I mean, I, I had the yeah. argument that we deliberately paid the Sanchez fee, Paul, just to try and forget Sissoko's fee ever existed. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I say, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because, Jason, I mean, you have tried your best to try and, I don't say champion him, but we have to get behind him. He's a Spurs player at the end of the day. And who knows, Jason, I mean, potentially tomorrow night, it'll be one of the very few senior players out there. Could that in itself maybe spark him into life? I don't know what will spark him into life, or what. what what's, and you know, I kind of get a feeling if he did score twice and made two tomorrow, there'll still be somebody moans that he's Should made a Adric. sloppy pass at some other stage. I mean, like I say, I've tried. I always try and I try and empty my mind of of all the dross that he's given us so far. I think, look, today's a new day. I'll just mm. judge him on today's performance. And and like I say, he was a great Saturday, but he wasn't. I didn't think he was any worse than a number of our players Saturday. So. Let's just hope it, it does go for him because, you know, whether you like the bloke or not, if we're going to get rid of him, he's got to be playing well. If he yeah. plays well, then then hopefully he becomes of use to the club, either as a selling point or bringing points to the table. But for as soon as the ball goes to him, for the bloke, for you hear so many groans in the crowd and you think, you know, it doesn't help anyone, does it? I've, I've never known a player play better whilst the groans and boos are going on. And, you know, it was... It was I kind of found it sad to see him, you know, people cheering that he was being substituted. I think, mm. right, okay, cheer the sub on, but mm. but I, I understand people's frustration because it is poor performance after poor performance after poor performance. But mm. his confidence does need lifting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always say, chaps, I, I just don't think the price tag helps him. I mean, we saw the same in Lamella, and Lamella for me, I mean, I can't wait for him to come back. I think he will add another dimension to Tottenham's game. I know he absolutely polarises opinion in terms of what people think he's worth or what how they think he plays. But again, for me, last season you saw at times there is that bit of spark that he provides that no other player can. So again, another player that we've got to look forward to coming back. Um, let's try and get some predictions in, guys, for the Barnsley game. Uh, Going to come back round to you first, Jamie. Um, they're twentieth in uh, the championship. They've only won two games this season. Be careful, Jamie. What are you going to give us? <laughs> um, I am going to go. I'm going to go for. Quite a, uh, quite a big win. I'm going to have for a 4 0 win. 4 0. Okay, we could do with that, can't we? Some goals yeah. at Wembley at last. Who are you going to go for as goal scorers, Jamie? What do you reckon? Um, I I think we will see. I think we'll possibly get a goal from Lorenzo if he plays. That'd okay. be nice to see. Um, I think. Um, who else might get a goal? Um, we'll get a, a fourth goal from a corner. Fourth <laughs> goal from a corner. I like it. I like it. A couple of. Um, yeah, a couple of new signings scoring, that'd be nice. Fingers crossed, that'd be a nice one, wouldn't it? We need the goals at Wembley. Jamie, yeah, exactly. uh, thank you very much. Uh, come round to you there, Jace. Come on in, prediction from you. Well, we, we never know what type of side we'll pick, do we, for these? But I think if if I see a team that says Vaughan, Walker-Peters, Foyth, Sanchez, Oreo, Winks, Oakley, Booth, Nkudu, Sissoko <laughs> type of thing, if, if I see all of those names in the team sheet, I'm actually going to say Barnsley will beat us. Because I think they'll bring oh a really full squad. They'll have five or six thousand supporters there. We'll have all the the Wembley tour, and I can see that being a, a disaster. And in amongst that need to rotate players, I think we also have to take one look and think: look, we do need a really good win at Wembley, but and that that would be a chance if we picked 
if we pick a half and half team where you have got an Ericsson, you have got a Vertonghen, you have got a Ali, something like that, then then I'd say we'll go through. But my fear is that that we really will go League Cup style and, and make eight or nine changes. And if we do, I fear we'll get a bloody nose. And I, I must admit, I took advantage of of the odds today, twenty five to one on oh, an away geez. win. I'll take out an insurance policy. <laughs> right, and, and okay. I think if, if we do get dumped, at least I'll have a free day out from it. <laughs> yeah, but, that's but I'm, betting, it. I'm betting on 25 to 1 purely because I think we could well have eight or nine, you know, real backup players. Okay. Are you, are you, you're there tomorrow night, aren't you, Jace? Or tonight yeah. when this goes yeah. out? Yeah. Okay. Fingers crossed. Don't worry, Rick. I'd, I'd, I'd sooner lose the bet and see us come and win 5 0. <laughs> Glad you said that because there might be a few looking for you. No, in, uh, I don't mean it in a negative way. I just think <laughs> uh, 25 to 1 on a way win is too good to take, not to take advantage of. There you go. Throwing <laughs> the betting ads in there, Jason McGovern. Jace, can you give us a prediction then at least? Um, if it's a proper side, I'll go 3 0. If it's a. If it's a real mixed-up side, I'll say we'll get beat 2-1. OK, there you go. Can't fault his honesty. Cheers, Jace, for that. And finally, last word on Spurs goes to you tonight, Paul. Give us your prediction then. What do you think? Um, I reckon uh, Ericsson will score. I think Ericsson will play Dyer or play Vertonghen. There'll be a okay. bit of a spine of regular players. Um, I think Ericsson will score the free kick. Uh, I think they'll equalise from a corner where we don't mark properly. They've got a bound to have a bloke who's about six foot six. Um, so that, that'll be uh, one all. Then I think uh, Laurenti will make it 2-1. I think Ali will come off the bench, make it 3-1. So that's okay. how it's it tomorrow night. And Paul, we've definitely not played this game. You've just literally thought that up. Is that right? Yeah, I just, played... I've just i had a little Mystic Meg moment. That's it. <laughs> okay, yeah. there you go. Paul Hawks be there. Hopefully just, that's safe. Just, just on that, Paul, it was strange, wasn't it? Saturday, Ericsson finally seems to have been sacked from free kick duty. Yeah, that was two we one, got yeah. was Kane, Kane and Dyer took them, wasn't it? Mm. And yeah. Ericsson very firmly told, no, you know, you're not having this one anymore. I think yeah. from a certain range, uh, when it's straight on, because Harry Kane likes that sort of David Luiz, uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo off the mm. valve yep. type. I mean, he was unlucky. It was a good save by Fabianski. The Dyer one was exactly that, living up to its name. But, I mean, the, but you know, we saw, again, a bit more centrally, Dyer can be good. We showed, he showed that for England in the past, but... I was surprised Ericsson didn't take that one that Dyer, which was kind of... Because uh, especially as he'd scored from one uh, last year at... Uh, the year before last, wasn't it? At uh, Swansea, where he scored from a free kick. He did Fabianski at the near post, if I seem to remember rightly. So so I was surprised he didn't take that. But I'm, you know, I'm sure he'll be back on the... I've just, I've just, it's the corners that drive me mad. Don't, I know. Uh, the, I think we just hit the. It's like Vinnie Samways has come in to take him for corners. <laughs> it's the first man every time. It drives me potty. Yeah, well, I think that's the only thing at Spurs at the moment. That I mean, like I say, with the corners, I think that's something that seems to be an ongoing frustration, no matter where we're playing or whatever season. So it's an interesting one. But fingers crossed, like I say. I mean, hopefully, Paul, you're right. Ericsson can get a couple of free kicks tomorrow. Who knows what can happen, guys? Yeah. Th- thank you ever so much, Jace. Thanks as always for coming on. Been a real pleasure. No problem, mate. Great, I'll and we're you later in the week. And we're back, aren't we? We're going to be back for an extra time special. <laughs> to discuss this game. So let's hopefully, Jace, I'm hoping your bet hasn't come in. Yeah, hopefully I'm out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Only time I want to wish that. Thanks, Jace. Um, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Really enjoyed you being on. No, thank, thanks for having me. Hopefully, um, hopefully we advance to the League Cup and we're doing a bit better in the league next yeah, time. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll get you back on, Jamie. Hopefully, like I say, we are progressing nicely. And finally, Paul, can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. Real pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, no problem, Ricky. Thanks for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. Guys, well, that is all for tonight. You will be listening to this on the build-up to the game against Barnsley. 
We're going to leave you with a very special goal from quite a few years back. I hope you enjoy it. As always, come on you Spurs! Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.